the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Vote by Faith. With this series, we hope to encourage Christians to vote in the upcoming November elections. And a couple different things are going on in the studio today. We have video, which means uh, I can't throw my papers around like I normally do. (laughs) And somebody also told me once that I had a voice for silent movies and a face for radio. So this is going to be a bit of a change to that, and I hope you'll uh, give us a break. In the same way that culture shapes politics and politics shapes the policy that shapes the nation, faith can shape culture and politics and the nation. Without a doubt, the world that our children will inherit will either be shaped by godlessness or faithfulness through culture and through politics. And anyone who thinks that faith has no place in the voting booth is playing a dangerous game with their children's future. I'll give you an example. California is a failing state. Though there are many Christian conservatives in that state, working hard, farming, producing, going to church, for reasons of poor political participation in previous generations, they don't shape that state's politics. The progressive, often idle, constituency of the population centers has shaped that state's failing culture and morally corrupt politics. Now, In a sad downward spiral, faithless culture has influenced faithless politics, and faithless politics has produced policy, which has given the faithless culture the desires of their hearts. And that's the key. California's failing. And the fact is, it's written in the Bible in black and white, God promises us the desires of our hearts. So everything that's happening there was foreseeable. California wanted free stuff, free love, and drugs, and their politicians gave it to them. 
Then the politicians handed them the bill, and they found out there's no such thing as a free lunch. That state is bankrupt, morally and financially, and the politicians still have their hands out awaiting payment. California will never get out from under the burden of that spiritual failure. And sadly, many of the people who voted for those things are leaving that state, taking no responsibility for the failed policies for which they voted or failed to vote against, and they're voting for the same things in other states all around the country. So here's the salient point. Here's the important point. If you think about one thing in this show, it's this. What are your desires? What are your desires for your children and your children's children? Are you willing to step up to the ballot box to make your desires known, to shape culture and politics, or will you let strangers with a very poor track record for success decide your children's future? This is what we will be talking about today, and with us for this important conversation is a frequent and honored guest of the show, Judge Wayne Mack. Judge, welcome. Thank you, Richard, so much. Thank you for the privilege of being here today, and I just love what you're saying. It's just such a great statement and a great um, uh, where we're at as a nation. Thank you, sir. It's uh, it's our honor to have you on the show. And as always, I'm joined by my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone. And Judge Max, so excited you're back with us. Uh, always just such an amazing conversation. So um, glad you're here with us. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate the privilege. Friends, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for this nation. We pray for this beacon of Christian freedom which lights the whole world for which so many have sacrificed. May the opportunity we have as Christians and Americans to come together to exert political influence be recognized with a landslide of participation. May your will be done through us, Lord. May the words of the Bible ring in every election for every man or woman. May those who call themselves Christians shape the political process to shine hope and justice into every dark place. Father, may your word be fruitful in this conversation, that everyone who hears will be encouraged to wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, that your will be done. Finally, Lord, we pray that the desires of our hearts are for you, for your ways, for your justice, and for your truth. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Judge, we were at the Faith and Freedom Breakfast. Christy was very disappointed. She couldn't be there, but we had a table full of uh, devotees and 6.30 in the morning. What an amazing uh, breakfast that was for all of us. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're just we're so blessed by God, and this was the eighth year that we've done that, and I'm just so thankful for God's favor and blessings, and I, and that I live in a community that doesn't mind getting up at six thirty in the morning and <laughs> coming together and and praying and and um, it's a, and as you know, it's a it's a truly a prayer breakfast. We have several prayers. Of course, we have speakers, but. Um, my my goal there is everybody leaves with more than what they came with, and this certainly this year did not disappoint. Well, I'll tell you what, not not being there, just the the image having been there last year and thinking about it, all those people filling up that uh, the Lone Star Expo, that huge room, everyone praying just right now even lifts my heart. Yeah, uh, it was amazing, and um, 
we have since had some exciting news. Uh, would you tell us about your court case? Yes. Yeah, so uh, exactly one week after the prayer breakfast, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans, the U.S. Uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issued a two-to-one opinion regarding our appeal regarding the lawsuit that had been brought against us from an organization called Freedom From Religion. Uh, they had got a, a um, summary judgment on a technicality, on a technicality stating that uh, our practice of honoring chaplains in our court, which included a brief invocation and pledges to our great nation and our great state, was overturned uh, by the Fifth Circuit. It was a two-to-one margin. Uh, we did have a dissenting judge, um, but we feel uh, very confident um, that that uh, not only have we prevailed in that victory, but the Constitution and freedom and liberty has prevailed as a result of this decision. Prior to that decision, uh, there, is, there is no judicial precedent regarding uh, the issue in the judicial branch of government. So we feel very thankful um, that we the, the judges at the Fifth Circuit saw uh, where we were coming from and what our intention was, and that there's a long-standing history of, uh, of, of prayer being held in government bodies, uh, not only in courts but also in, their, in the Congress and executive and legislative branches of government across the nation. And it's, a, it's, the, it's what our founding fathers intended, uh, freedom of religion, not freedom from. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing thing, and I think it's so perfect for this show to talk about Thank You, God, because people vote for things, and then those votes produce representatives who create policy. And if you think about the way it is in the United States right now, to me, it's a little bit bizarre that we've allowed corporations, political action committees, and lobbyists to interpose themselves between the people and their elected representatives. And obviously that was never the intention. And what I think your case illustrates so perfectly is that our votes will work their way into every facet of our lives. In this instance, our votes elected political representatives who appointed judges who ruled on a case that was so important for generations to come and uh, another brick in the wall of the foundation of this nation, which is that we are a nation under God. And so if you think about it, whoever voted in the election that produced the politicians that appointed those judges, uh, that was how your vote affects the judiciary. It's how your vote affects the rule of law. And then there were people who defended the judge and who pled his case, and they put their economic resources behind that. So it also works its way into economics. And then you see that uh, this now will change culture. And here in Montgomery, which we can uh, pretend is a microcosm for the world at large, you have votes, and then you have those votes working their way through the system and ultimately shaping the culture that then produces more votes. Is uh, Am I stretching things, or do you agree with that? Oh, 100%, Richard. It's what you've given here is a beautiful word picture of, of every vote matters. And that's where uh, the church has been asleep at the wheel. 
we know for a fact uh, that in the last presidential election, there were 90 million believers that believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and 25 million of those believers stayed home. We know that one in three only one in three believers vote regularly. So what you're saying is so important. You know, I've I've been be, having the chaplaincy program and being involved in the community. I've had pastors of very large churches tell me, "Well, we don't do politics." Well, you do because when you say you don't do politics, you're doing politics. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. They want you to remain silent, and they they do not want us to vote our faith. They want us to vote a party, uh, and that's on both sides. But what we've got to get to back to the basics in our nation is voting our faith. Our Constitution does not start out we the party. It starts out we the people. And that's what our founding fathers intended government to be run by, is by the people, for the people, by the people. In order to perfect a more perfect union, it, it was intended for us to have our voice. So every vote matters. And the reason we find ourselves the way California finds ourselves and and and, and as a nation, um, so goes the United States, so goes the world, so goes Texas, so goes United the United States of America. I mean – as Texans, where do we flee to? When if the if this government implodes on itself, if we become socialist, if we think that government's the answer for everything, where where do we flee to? And so we've got to get back to the biblical worldview, and that, that's the biggest problem in America. It's not the devil. The devil was conquered. Jesus conquered him. Death, hell, and the grave was conquered when Jesus rose from the dead. Our biggest hindrance to liberty, our biggest hindrance to spiritual renewal and revival is convenience, comfort, and conformity. Those are the those are the biggest hindrances because we're we're everything we if if you know we get we get twisted off when our pastor normally speaks thirty minutes goes forty minutes or or the comfort of you know not having the right coffee bar at the at at at, the, at our places of worship and the conformity of just going along with this lie of the separation of of church and state and and we've got to do a better job of this God's going to hold us accountable and and I totally believe we are either backslid or we are working for his kingdom. There is no middle ground for a believer. We're either winning people to the Lord, declaring his name, his grace, his mercy, and his hope, and his hope or we're backslidden, and we're doing it. nothing, and, and we're lukewarm. I love it. And friends, when we come back in the second segment, we're going to talk more with Judge Wayne Mack about being complicit, complacent, or courageous. Stay with us. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Join with us in My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in the upcoming election. Access a helpful voter hub 
on MyFaithVotes.org and plan to vote your faith on November 8th. Vote your faith on November 8th and stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You are listening to Courageous Christianity, and that awesome music you hear is Dave Bray USA. He's allowed us to use his music on the show, and he has a heart for this nation and for first responders and veterans that we just couldn't be more grateful for. And we're talking with Judge Wayne Mack, who is a stalwart uh, defender of our faith. And he himself has just come out of the ring where he bested those who would have us be even more godless when he won his uh, case in the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court. And Judge Mack will also be our guest speaker at our boot camp event on November 5th at the Grace Family Fellowship Church, and we're honored to have him there. We're talking about politics. We're talking about Christians voting. We're talking about many Christians thinking it's not appropriate for their faith. And we're talking about the sad ramifications of that uh, abstention. If you don't vote, then that is effectively a vote for the enemy. And we've talked a lot about how a vote elects political officials who create policy, and that policy then shapes culture, and that culture then shapes the votes, and you either end up in an upward spiral or a downward spiral. And there was a scripture that I came across this morning that I thought was totally appropriate, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. And let me give you an example of that groaning. In 2016, the Denver District Attorney Mitch Morrissey sent a letter to California voters warning them to vote no to Proposition 64, a measure to legalize pot. In it, he called attention to the negative impacts of legal weed. So that would be the cultural impacts, the crime and so forth. And in this letter, he says, quote, In the city of Denver, since the legalization of recreational marijuana, the number of crimes in Denver has grown about 44%, according to annual figures the city reported to the National Incident-Based Reporting System. In 2015, in Denver alone, crime rose in every neighborhood in the city. Homicides rose by 14.7%. California did go on to legalize pot, and the results have been spiritually, culturally, and politically horrific there. California voted that on themselves. I bring up the sad story to illustrate, again, statistically, not with party affiliation, not with uh, politics, as in Republicans, Democrats, and so forth, but just statistically to show how a vote created policy and the second and third order effects of that policy shaped culture, And that culture then comes around and shapes the votes on subsequent elections. Either you vote your faith or you vote absentee for faithlessness by not voting. Either way, you're voting. A choice not to vote is a vote for the other side. And judge, what do you think about all that? I agree 100%, Richard. And, you know, we find ourselves as a nation, as believers, um, as a result of those, the inaction 
of people not doing what they're supposed to do. Um, and they and and people have their different reasons for that. They 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 see, you know, they buy into the the some of the things that are talked about, um, and it's discouraging because they because we it doesn't appear for us to have a voice. But the reality of it is, like you said so eloquently, when you don't vote, you are voting, and unfortunately, you're voting most of the time for the worst case scenario. Uh, by not by not letting your voice be heard, because our our founding fathers got it. They knew that if people would vote, we would be able to government would be in, be kept in control. Right. And 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 we have we you know we are like we talked about just before the break. You know we're in three as believers as churches we find ourselves either in a place of of complacency. Complicity, being complicit, or, or having courage, and um, I'm, I'm so glad for your show and your program that you were encouraging people to have courage. And I think we should be encouraged because if you look at just a few of the cases this year, the Roe versus Wade, the football coach, um, I can't remember exactly his name, Kennedy, Kennedy, I had Kennedy, Ken in my yeah, head. and then now Judge Mack, you. And so if you don't think your vote matters, I mean, that's those are the second and third order effects that we voted people of faith into office that then appointed these these judges um, in the appellate courts and so forth. And and look at the opportunity we have now. I mean, you can't refute that. Yeah. um, By the way, I couldn't imagine being a judge. Judge, uh, I just honor you. I sat on several boards of inquiry when I was in the Marines as one of a uh, panel. You know, they'll have three colonels as a panel on a board of inquiry. And even when people did wrong, I just found it so heartbreaking. And so uh, what you see uh, must be heartbreaking. And if we voted differently and we had different politics and different policy and that shaped culture, then much of that sadness that we all see and lament would go away. So this morning I was having a conversation with somebody, and their fix for everything is secular humanism. And I said to them, why do you think that the people who made the problems can fix the problems? Why do you think that men can fix man's problems? We have to look outside the system. We have to look to God to shape men, and then those men act to fix the problems is that um, am I in the Chronicles of Narnia with that thinking? <laughs> it is that is one hundred percent the truth, and history shows that over and over again. Um, and just like the proverb you quoted in twenty nine, Proverbs twenty nine, a nation rejoices when the, when the righteous rule. And and you know the Bible's clear: there's none righteous, no, not one. Outside of God's grace, abundance, His mercy, His love. The acceptance, you know, in America, Richard and Christie, we, we, we don't have a Democrat or Republican problem. We have a heart problem. We have an identity problem. We have forgot that we are wonderfully and cradly made. We're the child, children of the Most High God, and 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 it, it, we're designed to worship. We're designed to be in fellowship with Him. And if you don't do that, if you don't worship, you you're worshiping something. And if, and and if you worship the secular things and and you don't allow uh, for God's word, and you know it's it's called the Ten Commandments. It's not the Ten Recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and when the Lord say, "Thus saith the Lord," um, 
you know, we're we're going to pay a price. And as a nation, we're seeing that today. Uh, the, the 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 just the sheer evil that is allowed to prevail. And again, I say that's the church's fault. That church believers staying home from the from the from the voting day and from the election boxes is the reason we find ourselves in such a moral decay. The wickedness and the evil that is going on today is because the church has been asleep at the wheel. We've been complacent. We've been complicit. You've got this these non biblical worldview flying the flag of these non biblical worldviews. We've bought into the separation of the church and state, which is the biggest lie that hell ever can. And it's a separation of state from the church. The, the the government should never tell the church what to say, but the church and believers should certainly be able to tell the government what to say and what to do and what is right and what is wrong. That that policy, you know, the pastor I told you that said that he doesn't do politics. Well, he does do politics by not by not lending his voice to that to that order and to the, to the to the righteousness of God's word and His purpose, His power, and His plan. Uh, we miss it when we we sit silent and we don't we don't. We don't call sin sin, and we don't speak out against the the unrighteousness that's in our age. Yeah, it reminds me of I think it was Frederick Neimuller who said when they came for the labor unionists, I didn't speak up because I was not a labor unionist, and when they came for the gypsies, I did not speak up because I'm not a gypsy, and when they came for the Jews, I did not speak up because I'm not a Jew, and when they came for me, there was nobody left to speak up, and I'm not getting that exactly right, but the point is. At the intersection of our faith and the secular world, somebody's going to get changed. It's the and, truth. And Eric Metaxas just came out with a great book. Called I want to read the, this. The, yep. Yes, the letter to the American Church, and I'm only halfway through it. I, I spoke at a conference a couple weeks ago that he was at. They just released the book a few weeks ago, and it's a great parallel to what happened the church in Germany 90 years ago. What happened? What's happening in America today? They, the church in Germany was the Protestant church in Germany had all kinds of influence and power, but they made the decision to be silent. They made the decision to be complacent and complicit, and 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 six million Jews were murdered because of it, and we were in a world war as a result of it. One of the greatest tragedies of uh, humankind. Um, you said complicit, and so it's very true that if something is wrong and you have an opportunity to do something, but you do not do it, you are then complicit in that wrong deed. You're driving the getaway car, so to speak. If you're complacent, you didn't even have the desire to get off the sofa, and you want other people to do your job for you. And so, courageous. The show's called Courageous Christianity, and in some ways, that's... Uh, Redundant, because from the dawn of Christianity, Christians are courageous. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was a Jew. The twelve apostles were Jews. They stood against the Roman Empire and the corruption of the temple. And 2,000 years later, we are Christians. And there are a billion Christians worldwide. And imagine if we acted like it. Imagine. And so it is courageous, but as the judge said, we have to step up. And we're going to talk about that more in the next segment. Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. 
Hi friends, I'm Christy Mindelow, Richard's Wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, this beautiful voice you're hearing is Dave Bray, USA. My favorite song. Amazing Grace. A friend of the show, and he we talked about the story behind that song uh, last week. And with us today, Judge Wayne Mack, a frequent and honored guest. And we're talking about politics for the entire month leading up to the elections on November 8th. And we were talking about either being complicit, complacent, or courageous. We were talking about the intersection of faith and the secular world, whereby in order for our faith to shape culture, we have to exercise it. And I want to make something clear about who and what I am. What we say here at Courageous Christianity is not about religion. It's not about man's view of God. It's about God's view of man. And as we stand with our feet on the earth, we look to God for guidance because we are within the system, and he made the system. So within a system, you don't change the system. The system must be changed from without. And so we have uh, Judge Mack with us. And before we get to a question, Judge, about what are the next steps for people listening to the show, I'd like to ask your 
uh, perspective on what it means to vote by faith? So having, of course, that goes along with having a biblical worldview, um, voting by faith. Now, keep in mind, as we vote for elected officials, we're, we're not voting for the pastor of our church. We're not, at, we're not voting for the spiritual leader that's going to give us daily guidance. Uh, that's what the ministry is for. What we need to be doing when we vote, voting our faith, is we're looking at men and women that they have, number one, that they, they're influenced by their faith. They're influenced by um, their, their characteristics. Uh, the Bible says that I can't judge people's motive, but I can certainly inspect their fruit. And so looking at somebody that's decla- declaring that they're an apple and they look like an orange, when I go into the voting box, I have a, I have a right to express that view. I have a right to say, well, this person doesn't – even though they're saying they're, they're an apple, but they look like an orange. And I'm voting with my biblical faith in that I'm voting for somebody I believe that's going to represent me and my family and, and, my fam- and, and what I believe in. Um, will we 100 percent agree? No. I mean, I've been happily married to my beautiful wife, Mindy, now for several years, and we very rarely agree on where we're going to eat for supper. Uh, so, but we, but I would, I would, I would die for my wife. Um, and so, these principles, our founding principles, our founding documents, of our Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Uh, we need to be voting a, a biblical worldview, people that believe in the sanctity of life, people that believe that the Word of God is true, um, and that we have a freedom to worship. And, you know, and I respect, Richard, and you as a, um, your decorated service, you, you, you willingly put on the line. If someone's view is that they don't, they don't have, they don't want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and they live in America, that's their choice. That's their, that's their, their right to do that. Um, but at the same time, I have a right to vote for people that, that reflect the, the, the view of my faith. And not that we're in complete and total agreement, but that at the end of the day, uh, we stand before a just and holy God and we give answers for everything we do in word or deed. Uh, we're to do all in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's absolutely fitting and proper that you vote for people who represent you. And I uh, hear what you're saying. Because, friends, the concept of this nation is that people would be elected from our community to represent us. They would have the values of our community. If we're a farming community, they would know about farming. And then they would go and represent that voice. And then policy would be created, and we would have spoken through our elected official. So we talk a lot on the show about values. And Christy says not a lot of people know their values. And I think this is where values come in. We have to know our values, and then we elect people to represent our values. Well, to do that, they have to have the same values. And so for it to work in alignment, in the power of alignment, when people are doing the things that they're best suited for and they just have that power— There has to be alignment. God works in alignment. The devil works in misalignment. It's fitting and proper for us to elect people from the community who represent our values, be those faith, patriotism, community service, sacrifice, honesty, justice, integrity, whatever those values are, we share them as a community. And I said earlier, I'm not talking about religion. 
when we talk about the church, we're not talking about a building. We're talking about the church of Christ who learns the values of Jesus, and then we walk out those values. And so it's fitting and proper, and I appreciate you using that word, representation. Uh, and so I understand to vote by faith. So uh, you said we are complicit, complacent, or courageous. And for somebody who wants to be courageous, who wants to step out of complacency, judge, what are the next steps? The next steps is to get involved in the process, to get informed, to, you know, to pray, to vote, and to get engaged. Um, that's where, you know, Jesus said my house would be called a house of prayer. And we've got to get back to the basics of, of prayer. We've got to get to the back basics of voting, and we've got to get back to the basics of engaging. And by saying engaging, I mean learning what you can do to impact your community, getting involved with your school district, your city elections. Here in the city of Conroe, we just elected a mayor a few years ago with less than 3% of the vote. Three percent of the population determined who was going to – how much my my light bill was going to be, my water bill, who's going to be patrolling my streets, the fire, fire service, the roads that I drive in, the safety of my children in the school, in the city that we live in. Three Less than three percent of that population decided that. That's an abomination. We Freedom's not free, and, and, and we've got to get back to, to holding elected officials accountable, and, and, we, and we've got to let our voice be heard. And so it's so very important that we get engaged. And, you know, on a, on a political side, getting involved with the party that represents your faith, being involved in the precinct, supporting candidates, uh, getting knowing what they what they who they are and what they do, what their job is, what they're supposed to be doing. And when they step out, what we learned during COVID, we saw a great example of, of people going above what the constitutional allowed them to do. But yet in the name of fear we remained silent because we were afraid of this of the unknown of what was going to be happening and we were taking it Advice from people, um, and and de- de- that were declaring to be following the science, to come to find out there was no science involved with it. And so, having a voice and and being a part of the process, and knowing who your representatives are, but then also supporting them, and then getting engaged. We need men and women of faith to step up and show up, and to to put their name on that line and to serve. Uh, we need men and women to serve uh, of the faith community to step up and serve. Amen. I always feel compelled to say amen after you speak, Judge, because you say such heartfelt and spiritually, scripturally true things. And I love hearing it, and I'm thankful for the hard work that you do to represent us in the many areas of your day as well as to sit on the bench uh, and carry that load. So, friends, um, the judge said that we pray, we vote, and we get engaged. And I've often said on the show, um, we're all different. And my corner of the battlefield is not your corner of the battlefield. And Christy and I were having this conversation this morning. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. God... uh, allows us to have different life experiences and different passions and different values. And so uh, for Christy, what might be uh, the place she'd like to serve is maybe uh, different from me. And so it's not where you serve, it's that you serve. And the way I've always explained it on this show is get in the fight. And I'm not talking about a fight. I'm not talking about punching anybody. I'm talking about get in the fight. 
bring your unique experience and your unique creation to bear on the people around you in a positive way. There's lots of complaining going on. There's lots of admiring our problems. Secular humanism says that we can expect the people who made the problems to fix the problems if we just get the right sauce, and that's never worked and it's never going to work. We prevail on God with our prayer, and then we vote people who represent us into office, and then we get engaged so as to be part of the solution. So those are the next steps from Judge Wayne Mack, a man who knows all about it. And Judge, when are you going to publish the book from uh, Janitor to Judge? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm working on it, and uh, and I, I get I get asked that question quite often. But I, I've got a while I'm sitting on the bench. There's there's certain words I can't use in the title of things, and so I think it's going to be pretty important that I the title of that have from janitor to judge and all the mess I cleaned up in between. Yeah, I, I think that's amazing, friends, and that might have been out of left field for the judge, <laughs> but we've talked about it before. And I also understand the constraints of office. Remember, I used to say before I retired from the Marine Corps this past May, I used to have to make the disclaimer that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. You still remember it. I still remember it. And you don't have to say it anymore. And friends, it was an honor to serve and uh, it's an honor to be retired from that service so that I can devote myself fully to our ministry. And let me remind you again, November 5th, We have a boot camp event where Christy, myself, and Pastor Steve are going to be teaching, and Judge Mack will be speaking. And we're going to. To Christian men. To Christian men. Yeah, leadership. And we're going to have barbecue, and it's going to be fantastic. And that is uh, possibly the way that you begin to get engaged. And we'll talk more in the fourth segment. Stay with us. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in the upcoming election. Access a helpful voter hub on myfaithvotes.org and plan to vote your faith on November 8th. Vote your faith on November 8th and stand united for Christ. I'm gonna catch I'm gonna ride the Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and that's Dave Bray USA. You can find his music at DaveBrayUSA.com. Bray is spelled B-R-A-Y, and he's a valued friend of the show. We just love his music. And we also love Judge Wayne Mack, who is with us this morning, and we're talking about the political process. And in the final segment here, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about getting off the sofa. We've talked about not being complicit and driving the getaway car for all of this uh, cultural buffoonery, which then elects 
buffoonery uh, in politics, and then we end up enduring it all. And if we don't, our children do, and our grandchildren do. And Scripture tells us that the sins of the father will be visited to the third and fourth generation. Christy. I want to remind everyone that now is the time to get prepared before the elections with uh, understanding who is running, what their platforms are. And My Faith Votes is a great place to go. It drills down even to your state. Uh, You can go to myfaithvotes.org. There's a voter hub there. And, you know, just imagine if we vote and the changes that we can make. So myfaithvotes.org. Time to... Time to get educated now on the platforms and the people. Yeah, you know, uh, everything that we do, we uh, we debrief, Christy and I do. It's the thing that we do uh, on the flight deck, and I'm used to after-action reports from engagements with bad guys. And one of our uh, debriefs after we voted last year was, um, were we as prepared as we could have been, not just for the elections, but some of the amendments and uh, so forth, And, uh, Judge, with all of that said, wrapping things up, uh, what would you like to tell our listeners? Well, first of all, I want to tell you and Christy, thank you for, again, once the honor and privilege and and you being on cutting edge for what courageous Christians need to be doing. And we need to be engaged. We need to be praying. We need to be voting. And it's so important. And, you know, we live in perilous times. Paul told Timothy in the last days there'd be perilous times. And, and, and we, so we need to be aware and we need to be, as, we, we need to be wise and we need to be very uh, sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church of the living God today. And so thank you again for, again, always being so timely with your topics and, and, and so relevant to the, to the body. And I love what you say about this is not about religion. This is about relationship. This is about doing what we, God has created us to do. And, you know, Paul told Philippians, he said, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And, and then if you do that, the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Will guard, you will guard your hearts and minds. And as believers, we need to get back to the basics of faith, family, and freedom. We need to, Our houses need to be houses of prayer. And, and we need to, with prayer and supplication, get back to the basics of, of doing what we're called to do. And that is to 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 be his light, to be his to be salt and light, and um, and we're just so thankful uh, that you're you, you're having the courage, and 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 you you don't you don't you don't have to do you 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 have such a successful career. It'd be easy for you both just to ride off into the sunset, and you've accomplished so much for the kingdom of God. But even uh, with all your success, you still are giving back to the kingdom, and that's what we all need to be doing. We all need to be our part of our world. We need to be impacting that, and with God's blessings and, and with his purpose and his design and being sensitive to the call, because we're all called to be salt and light. Amen. Amen. And I wanted to, since your court case is uh, over and we're allowed to say some things, um, you were defended by—remind me, uh, uh, please, Judge— FirstLiberty.org. Uh, they are the largest representation of religious liberty. They win 99 out of every 10 cases that they take. Uh, they've got such a great um, 
program, and they are literally – they had a huge impact um, during the last administration for vetting of judges. Um, they they designed a system that uh, the former administration used for vetting judges and the almost 300 judges that got appointed uh, during that administration, and First Liberty was right there. So uh, you can follow my case. Uh, we're done as far as – We've got the decision we want. We don't know what that's going to look like going forward, so I am being a little guarded about what I'm, what I, what I, how I talk about it because there are they, you know, the other side still can appeal um, the decision that was made, and and so we're, but we we feel like we're very confident and that we're headed in the right direction. And the Fifth Circuit has we're so thankful, eternally thankful for those judges uh, standing for the Constitution. Amen. So, uh, friends, we are talking about voting, and we're talking about how a vote elects a representative, and that representative represents you. And so, in order to represent you, they should have values akin to yours. And so, if you're listening to the show, I can assume that faith is one of your values, in which case we should be voting for people of faith. And as we would have them bring their faith to bear on all of the questions which they will confront, so our faith should guide us, and it's entirely appropriate. Uh, Next week on the show, we will have a very special guest from ChristiansEngaged.org, Miss Bunny Pounds. That's another resource as you start doing your homework and preparing to participate in a voting system which has been defended by men and women unto death. You know I love Thomas Paine and his uh, pamphlet Common Sense, which called America to revolution against King George III, and he said, what we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. Let me tell you firsthand, our right to vote was not obtained cheaply, and there are people who are planning to take it from us every day. They think they know what's best for us, and yet nothing that they're doing is working. And so I'm not going to leave it to chance. What I would say uh, to echo the judge, number one, pray, read your Bible, know what's expected of you, do what you can where you are with what you have. So, judge, final thoughts. Well, with all the things that are going on, Richard, I turn to the Word of God, and just the Apostle Paul told Rome, the church at Rome, I'm persuaded that nothing, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, depth, or any creature shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And I'm, I'm encouraged today that there, we, we live in a great uh, – this uh, for such a time as this, we have been appointed to be able to stand up and shine. You know, the darker the night, the brighter the light. And so it's time for the Church of the Living God to, to stand up and to show up, to be engaged. I uh, love the fact that you're going to have Bunny on your program. She, they have a great – called the uh, on-ramp to civic uh, duty um, that they make available uh, for people that want to go the next step of being involved. Great tools to, to learn how to do that. And so the call to action today – 
is that we do all those things. We pray, we vote, and we get engaged. And just God bless you, Christy, and thank you for the show, and thank you for the privilege. And I hope anyone out there listening to this will be encouraged to stand up and to let the light and the glory of God's purpose and power and His plan shine in their life. Again, amen. (laughs) You speak so beautifully with such eloquence and also heartfelt uh, sincerity, Christy. Well, I can't help but go to values, and as I'm hearing pray, vote, and engage, my mind goes to values, vote, and change. And I often say this, if you don't know your values, whose values are you living by? And so if you know your values, and i.e. that is faith, then you vote by faith, and then you create change by faith. Amen. Amen. And you also referenced Esther 414, which is one of Christie's favorite scriptures (laughs) absolutely for such a time as this and that is the truth and it brings us to our moment of truth as you know in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion and we do this to remind ourselves that god's word is our first refuge not our last it's always relevant it wasn't for two thousand years ago it's for now today right here and it never fails and it's trustworthy And today our moment of truth comes from Isaiah, chapter 52, verse 1. Awake, awake, clothe yourselves with strength. Friends, we need to wake up to what's happening in this nation. We need to wake up and get engaged. Wake up and get engaged or abstain and live with the cultural, political, economic, judicial, and educational consequences. Seventy percent of the United States identifies as Christian. Wake up and clothe yourselves in the strength of your faith. We're Christians. Christians are warriors. We're led by a warrior king. Bending culture, politics, the law, economics, and education to the word of God is what we do. Either Jesus changes us and we change the world, or the world changes us and our children deal with the consequences of a faithless world, as we see in California. No systems of man are perfect. Democracy is not perfect. Theocracy is not perfect. Monarchies are not perfect. But as you've heard me say time and again, do what you can where you are with what you have. And what we have is a representative democracy. And that means you vote, you elect people to represent you, They carry your values to the public forum, which creates the policy under which you and your children will live. The tendency of the world is toward anarchy, and one of the ways you stand at that intersection to impose God's will is by your vote. Doing nothing is not an option. Vote by faith, and that's courageous Christianity. Amen. Judge, did I miss anything? Amen. Oh, brother, God bless you. That is so powerful and and just so thankful um, that God is using you like he is, Richard and Christy. Thank you for, for being that willing servant. God doesn't need our abilities. He needs our availability. So please, folks, hear what is being said here today and make yourself available to God's perfect plan, power, and peace. Amen. Your Honor, thank you for joining us. God bless you. Friends. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com or on your favorite podcast app or on CourageousChristianity.today. 
where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.